The Longevity Project by Howard S. Friedman, Ph.D., Leslie R. Martin, Ph.D. Summary from 4-Minute Books Written by Nicholas Goka One-sentence summary The Longevity Project shows you how you can live longer by analyzing the results from one of the world's longest-lasting studies and drawing surprising conclusions about the work ethic, happiness, love, marriage, and religion of people who have lived to old age. Favorite quote from the author If your personality traits don't match those on the pathways to longevity, you can make an effort to expand those needed aspects. Howard S. Friedman and Leslie R. Martin Longevity is a fascinating topic. It's not only a matter of health, there's also an ethical aspect to it. We're already suffering from overpopulation, so much in fact that we're trying to go to Mars, and not everyone wants to live forever. I don't think I do, but how old is old enough? I myself would be more than grateful for anything that goes beyond 70, but I wouldn't mind living to be 100, as long as I'm mentally fit, like my great-grandma, who died in 2009 at 96 years old. Who died in 2009 at 96 years old. What a life. We think mostly about biology when considering how long we'll live, but interestingly, a lot of what allows you to live a long life has nothing to do with food and drink. Sure, that helps. But could it be that aging happens mostly in your head? That it's psychological? In The Longevity Project, authors Howard S. Friedman and Leslie R. Martin argue so, based on the results of the world's longest-running study, the genetic studies of genius, which is still running. Here are three lessons about what it really takes to live to old age. 1. Being conscientious, thorough, and having a sense of duty makes you live longer. 2. Men should get, and stay, married. For women, it doesn't matter much. 3. Friends are more important than faith, but you can't fake them. Lesson 1. You will live longer if you start taking responsibility for your life, being conscientious, and living with some discipline. What kind of person are you? Would you describe yourself as diligent, organized, responsible, hardworking, serious, and conscientious? or rather easygoing, casual, fun, and maybe a bit chaotic? As it turns out, the first group of people lives longer. The original creator of the study, Dr. Lewis Terman, examined how conscientious participants were, both as children and around the age of 25. If people had always been responsible, thorough, and careful, or at least changed their habits towards living more responsibly and in a goal-oriented way by their mid-twenties, they tended to live well into old age. It's not what most people want to hear, but living a disciplined life makes sure you'll be around for longer. If you think about it, it makes sense for three reasons. 1. Conscientious people are by definition risk-averse, and therefore tend to live healthier. They smoke less, drink less, take less drugs, exercise more, eat better, sleep more, drive more carefully, etc. On average, of course. 2. Responsible people have higher levels of serotonin, a chemical that keeps your mood stable and balanced and makes you feel good, which allows you to make better decisions. 3. Since we surround ourselves with people who are like us, conscientious people usually have friends, co-workers, partners, and jobs that support them and help them stay that way. So if you've lived your life like a roller coaster ride so far, Maybe think a bit about what you really want and then decide if you want to make some changes to make sure you win in the long term, not just today. Lesson 2. If you're a guy, find a great woman to get and stay married to. If you're a girl, you're free to choose. 
All of the men in the study who got married, and more importantly, stayed married throughout their life, lived to be at least 70 or older. Neither those who got divorced or remarried observed the same effect. As it turns out, not all marriages are equally beneficial for a long life. This is partly explained by wives helping their husbands in case of an illness or emergency and generally encourage them to live healthier lives. However, some of the stressful consequences of a divorce never go away and remarrying doesn't change that. Interestingly, there was hardly a difference in lifespan between women who stayed married and women who remained single after being divorced. This could be explained, and I'm totally guessing here, by women's huge biological advantage of becoming infertile after menopause, which is something that makes the body decay a lot slower. Since men stay fertile all of their lives and go through more reproductive cycles, which strains the body. So whatever the reason, while men tend to live longer by getting married in general, for women, it only makes a difference if their marriage is truly great and helps them thrive beyond what they're capable of on their own. Otherwise, there's no harm for them in staying single, contrary to popular belief, as long as they have one thing. Lesson 3. Friends matter more than faith, as long as you don't just fake it on Facebook. Friends. This is something we all need. Very much, in fact. Friends are even more important than faith and religion, according to the authors. That's because the benefits that do come from being active in a religious community are almost the ones that come from the social aspects of it. Praying alone isn't as healthy as organizing a spiritual book club. They observed this by comparing men against women. Men value religion less on average because they often give more attention to their families and careers. Yet, men with strong social circles lived just as long as women who were very active in religious groups. Whether you're religious or not, the one thing that's made clear is that having a lot of friends and good social connections lets you live longer. One caveat, though. You can't fake it. Just feeling like you have a lot of friends isn't the same. If you have a thousand friends on Facebook, but no one to have meaningful conversations with over dinner, then those friends don't matter much, do they? The Longevity Project Review Yes, 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 yes. I loved the insights from the Longevity Project because A, they were really surprising, much less biology than I expected, which is good, because our psychological attitude is much more in our own hands. And B, being responsible makes you a winner. How cool is that? Of course, I'll have to balance this confirmation of my own views with something grounded more in physical health, but still, a very reassuring yet refreshing read. What else can you learn from the Blinks? What percentage of conscientiousness you have to move into to get its effects? Why happiness isn't cheerfulness, and how laughter doesn't necessarily make you live longer? How big the impact of a divorce is on a child, and what it can do about it? What happens to people who are religious at first, but then move away from it? The two main differing paths to a long life. Who would I recommend the Longevity Project summary to? The 25-year-old student, who's lived a party life so far. The 55-year-old divorced woman, who's happy with her life and career, but has doubts whether remarrying wouldn't be the right thing to do. And anyone who wants to live to be 100.